Hey, it's George from Fun Kids Breakfast, and this is Fun Kids Meets, the podcast where we chat to some incredible people. And recently, I caught up with Britain's Got Talent judge and incredible author, Alicia Dixon. We were chatting all about her brand new book, Luna Wolf, Animal Wizard. Take a listen to this. Hello, Alicia Dixon. How's your morning going, Alicia? Very good, thank you. How's your morning going? Very good. All, all the better for chatting to you. And we're doing this um, remotely. Where where am I speaking to you from right now? I'm in London. Lovely. Well, it's it's. I'm not too far away. So it was a nice day. Brilliant start to the day chatting to you, Alicia. And it's very exciting news for young book lovers because you've got a brand new release. Yes. Luna Wolf, Animal Wizard, it's here. It's your seventh book, I believe. And I know this is a, a proper action-packed mystery adventure, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, putting animals at the forefront, which I've been, you know, wanting to do for a long, long time since I love them so much. And it just, I mean, who, most people, if you don't like animals, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's so lovely to sort of put them at the forefront of a story. It's been a dream of mine. And it's about a young girl called Luna Wolf. She moves to the city with her dad. Uh, she feels lonely. She you know, finds it difficult to make new friends. So she helps out at a rescue centre. And at this rescue centre, she meets a dog, a little dog called Silver, who is also quite shy. And they form this lovely bond. But it turns out that this particular dog that she's bonded with is connected to her mum. This dog was set free by her mum, who was a scientist. She worked on a top secret project where the animals transform into super pets. For example, the dog could transform into a wolf. And then Luna goes on a journey to continue her mother's legacy and to protect the animals from the villains who want to sell these animals and have other naughty ideas. And it's all about Luna stepping into her power. So to your point, yes, it's an adventure and it's fast paced and it's action packed. Packed, but we've got these lovely messages in there about how to treat animals with respect and kindness, which I think is always important when writing stories for children. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, Alicia, that animals um, are something you're very passionate about. The protection of wild animals, I know in particular, I believe you partnered in the past with the World Animal Protection uh, to raise awareness for mistreatment of, of elephants. So Obviously, it's at the heart of, of the book. And what is, what is the message that you have for young listeners about, about kindness to animals and about conservation? Yeah, so you're right. So I'm an ambassador for the World Animal Protection. I've been very fortunate to go on some rescue missions. We rescued a bear uh, in Romania and put them into a beautiful sanctuary. I've done undercover filming at sort of bad animal venues in Thailand. I've seen, you know, as I said, elephants being mistreated. And then I've also seen, you know, the good side and people that do incredible work for elephants. But I think ultimately the message is this, you know, animals have just as much right to be on this planet as we do. They're incredible. We need them. They're unique. They're fantastic fantastic and actually we don't own them we shouldn't possess them you know and we're talking about wild animals here we're talking about the fact that you know there are most most people want animals to be free and in the wild but unfortunately you know there are a lot of people in the world that want to make money from them and you know I think the best way to start I always say is to you know like my children for example I'll take them to a rescue center not to necessarily bring home a dog because we've got enough um, <laughs> but it, to to walk around and see the animals and see the good work that people are doing um, obviously we've grown up with animals they've always been a part of our family and a part of our life and I think you know I just want 
want I want my children to have respect for animals. And I think that's really what it's about is respecting them and respecting them from a distance, actually, particularly wildlife. Um, you know, and uh, there's so many issues around the world concerning animals. It's like, where do you start? You know, it's a very overwhelming thing once you start looking into it and researching it. But I think, you know, in terms of my own children, we just start with celebrating animals, learning about animals, respecting them and treating them with kindness and love. And I think that's really what it's about. It's about being mindful, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, It's so important. I know that it's being taught in schools a lot more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's obviously it's obviously a really important thing for well, not just young people, for all people to hear. Um, Alicia, you mentioned your pets. What's the Dixon pet household like? Well, we used to have seven dogs. Seven? Seven all, dogs? Yes, all rescue dogs, which is why I got the inspiration for Luna to work in the rescue home because I'm in and out of them like there's no tomorrow. Um, I, I mean, actually, the illustration of Silver the dog before he levels up to a wolf was based on my beloved dog, Daisy, who unfortunately we had to say goodbye to. I had her for 13 years. I rescued her from the RSPCA. She was the most gentle, beautiful dog, kind dog that you could ever meet. And, you know, all of our dogs are just, as anyone that knows that's listening, they just have such characters and personalities, don't they? And, um, you know, we're very lucky that we've had some amazing dogs. You know, every book of mine has always featured a pet. (laughs) Like my, my first book, Lightning Girl, actually features Kimmy, the Alsatian, who was my first pet when I was a little girl. And so each book, I like to kind of give a shout out to an animal that's had an impact in my life. And just, you know, it's, I love putting sort of like personal touches in the book. Um, in the book, sorry, because it just it feels more real to me. You're, you're right, though. I, I was lucky to grow up with a dog, and they're, 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 it's like it's like another member of the family. It really is. It really, really. Or, is. or in your case, another seven members of the family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> keeping you busy, keeping you very busy. Exactly. Alicia, when you when you released your first book, I think it was about five years ago. Is that right? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember hearing you talk in twenty eighteen about how it was really important for you to write a book with characters that that you, as a young girl or your kids, would be able to relate to, and that actually there wasn't many titles out there that did that. And you know, since then, your book is your books have sold thousands of copies, um, over a hundred thousand copies. Have you noticed since then a shift in in the scope of books and characters out there for young people in the years since your first release has been such a success? I think there has been a big shift. I'm definitely seeing more representation in books. I'm seeing a lot more um, publishers take chances on particular authors and illustrators. And I think that's really healthy and really positive. I think, you know, if I think about the books that my children bring home from school, I think they could still be more diverse, you know, and actually that was the the catalyst that really inspired me in the beginning because I was reading stories to Azura every night and not seeing her in these books and that really bothered me. And so I think all children, no matter where you're from, what your background is, I think you deserve to feel included, to be a part of the party, you know? And so, yes, I've seen a shift, but like with anything, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, but I think we're living in a time now where, you know, we, we're living in a time where we're becoming more responsible. We recognize that there's an issue and we're trying to do something about it. That's the best place you can start from, you know, because the mm. percentages when I, I think when I released Lightning Girl, it was something like three or 4% of all books released. There were only, yeah, like three or 4% of them had, you know, a female of color um, as the lead central character. 
it's very, very low percentages. And that's really not reflective of the multicultural, you know, society that we're all a part of. So I think there has been a shift. But of course, I would love to see an even bigger shift. Yeah, of course. No, absolutely. But, you know, as you said, you are not just talking the talk, but walking the walk in. And it's great for, for young people to be able to read such brilliant stories. And I think not just for young people, but for, for people of all ages, books are such mm-hmm. a, an intimate part of our lives. We have this amazing personal connection with our favorite books. And have you found that in the kind of the response and the feedback that you've had on these, on these books? Have you got that really amazing connection with the young people that are reading your books, maybe more so than the music or the TV that you've done before? It's really lovely when there's sort of two things that happen. You get the parents that reach out and say, thank you, my you know, my child wasn't interested in reading, but they found your book and it's really inspired them to start reading. That's always lovely to hear. And then I love getting reviews from children. They're the best. (laughs) Because children are so honest. I love it. So I often consult with my nine-year-old because, you know, they just, they're brutal and we need that honesty. So I love taking, you know, feedback from children. I love that they feel connected to the characters. I love seeing them dressing up as Aurora Beam or, you know, even... Even on the, the, the day of publication for Luna Wolf, you know, people were sending me pictures of their children dressed up as Luna Wolf for World Book Day. And it really makes me so happy because you kind of feel like, oh, my gosh, job done. You know, the minute they've connected with a character mm. to the point where they want to be that character, you just feel so good. And it makes me it, well, it just really motivates me to keep going. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it's a very intimate relationship with a book. It's. It's just so, I mean, anybody that's a book fan knows what that's like. And I get a lot of joy seeing my children enjoy books and really lose themselves in a book. And they can be quite particular and quite fussy. So it is quite an honour when a child chooses your book. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, can, mm. I can only imagine. And we, we had a World Book Day special uh, on the Fun Kids Breakfast Show recently. And just that reaction, that engagement, that love that, that pretty much all young people have for books. It's amazing. So I can only yes. imagine as an author, that just must be the most or amazing feeling to get that feedback. It's the best feeling. And writing children's books is probably of all the things that I do, it brings me the most joy because it's a world that it allows me to have escapism from the real world when you dive into a story and you create characters and you build these worlds. And then obviously to experience that with my children, it makes it such a beautiful just ex- just a beautiful experience all round. There's nothing about it that I don't love. When I found out that I was going to be having a chat with you, I was just thinking about the kind of amazing career you've had. And it's so eclectic from the books you're writing now to the TV that you're doing. But I don't know if some of our younger listeners know, but it all started in in music and you were a big, well, MC, you know, rap star. Um, are you, do you keep up? Are you flexing your rap muscles still? Are you, are you, are you good to go when it comes to that side of things in the music? I'm always creating, constantly creating, actually, writing songs. I've got a body of work that I've been working on. I'm working with new producers and I plan on putting some new music out in the summer, which is exciting. So, yes, to answer your question, it's something that never stops. It's, it's a part of who I am. Singing, rapping, writing, creating, it's an extension of me. So it's something I always do and probably will still be doing when I'm an old age, old age pensioner. <laughs> 
yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I, I, I pay good. I pay good money, Alicia. I pay good money we to see. We are coming back strong. Yeah. <laughs> I would pay great money to see you kill it on stage, rapping as a pensioner. The thing is, as well, it's such a skill, right? It's such a skill. It's such. A, honestly, the, the, the demand's going to be there. Now you've said it. Um, the, it's such a skill, though, and I guess it taps into the writing side of things because. As an as an MC, you've just got to be so quick witted, and you've got to be so kind of creative with your words. Um, it kind of it sort of, does it tap into the writing side of things a little bit. I think just being a creative does, you know. And I love wordplay, and I think you know even before I was in the industry and I was studying, I loved English. I loved writing. I just always, you know, whether it was poetry, stories, that's always been a part of what I love to do. So yes, it kind of all sort of taps into the same thing. It's a different skill set, obviously, when you're writing a book to writing a rap to writing a song to whatever it is. But ultimately, it's a a form of expression, which comes from something that your soul wants to get out, something you want to share and something. Yeah, it's, it's a part of who you are. And it's a part of who I am. So I love writing in all shapes and forms. We'll get some. We'll, we'll merge the two. We'll get some. We'll get some some rhymes on Luna Wolf coming out. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, it would be it'd be rude for me not to mention Britain's Got Talent. I know auditions are underway. How's the talent been so far? Is there a lot of excitement, Alicia? The the auditions were fantastic. Actually, you know, every year I'm pleasantly surprised at how many people still want to audition, and the talent that we get through the door is just incredible. You know, I think because of I think people are more appreciative of being on stage now. So it's, you know, if you think about the last three years and how so many people have not been able to get out there and share their talents, I think we've almost had a surge of people just wanting to show what they do. I think a lot more people are stepping into their, I don't want to say fear, but I think if somebody was maybe sitting at home and thinking, oh, should I audition? And they haven't in the past. I think we're living in a time where people are really going for it. Um, and so we've had, you know, the results of that have been wonderful. It's like the circus has come to town when Britain's Got Talent, you know, auditions are on. And we got to go back to Manchester, which we haven't done in three years. The vibe and the audience there are brilliant. The energy was great. And I honestly couldn't call it. Normally you get an audition year where you're like, mm, I reckon that person's going to win. But this year we had so many, I couldn't call it, which is a really healthy place to be. And I know once the producers put their magic on it, I think the audience are going to absolutely love it, as as they always do. Always do. Uh, and what's it like sitting well, next to uh, the new judge, Bruno? <laughs> Honestly, he's so expressive. From from because Bruno doesn't know how to sit still. He's like a puppy. So he jumps up and down and he waves his arms around. He's very expressive. And I'm obviously sitting next to him. So I have to duck out of the way several times. So that's what I mean. I need a shield to sort of protect <laughs> myself from Bruno's craziness. But uh, he he broke all the rules. And um, by the end of the London auditions, we were like, you know what? Just throw the rule book out. Anything goes this year. He didn't, even if you explained the rules to him, he still didn't understand. So that was the theme of the auditions. <laughs> Bonkers. Well, it sounds like it's going to make amazing television, so I'm excited to see it. Alicia, before we say goodbye, I've got to ask you about this because I'm excited. So how excited are you to be officially announced as one of the Eurovision hosts in Liverpool this year? And what can you tell us? 
Well, I'm so honoured. I'm really, really honoured to be asked. I think Eurovision has had a revival, a rebirth. I think the public are invested uh, in it once again, more than ever this time. I think especially off the back of last year with Sam Ryder doing brilliantly well. And I think, pe- you know, it's a fantastic music platform, which is watched by 160 million people. You know, we, you know, if we get the right representative this year for the UK, I mean, we could start a fantastic career for another artist. And I think that, you know, the fact that we're taking the reins for Ukraine and we want to represent their culture beautifully, I think we have a big responsibility. And I think that it's going to be the, you know, the show of the year. I think that there's going to be lots of events happening around it. I'm very excited to be working alongside Julia, Graham and Hannah. And yeah, I'm really, really, I mean, I live for live things. So this is right up my street, you know, the bigger, the better, live, energy, atmosphere, music. I mean, what is there not to love? Literally, it's going to be one of the biggest things in the country this year. I, yeah. I'm excited. I can't imagine how you are. I, I would imagine as well, you've had a fair few, and I'm sure you'll get plenty more texts from friends and family that you may not have spoken to you for a little while saying, Alicia, <laughs> is there any tickets? <laughs> They're being so tight on the tickets. <laughs> you got to say that. you got to put they the people really off. Are. No, they really are. I was like, are you joking? But like, <laughs> as long as my lovely husband and daughter can be there, then I'm happy. <laughs> so that was Alicia Dixon. How lovely was she? I genuinely really, really enjoyed that. Such a good energy. Loved how passionate she is about her book and also a bit of behind the scenes goss on Britain's Got Talent and Eurovision is a big win too so uh, thank you Alicia for joining us that was a lot of fun and if you enjoyed this podcast do remember that the Bookworms pod is all about amazing books Uh, every other week Bex is joined by a fantastic author she has got brilliant recommendations and her book of the month as well you can find it wherever you listen to your podcast and get it part of fun kids podcast plus where there are no ads and extra bonus content when you subscribe and find out all the details by heading to funkidslive.com thank you so much for listening